Your chance at a $100 Amazon gift card is waiting for you in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Answer 17 questions in the sixth annual YMYW podcast survey and you're entered to win. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app to go to the show notes and access the survey and the secret password. Legitimate, complete entries with honest opinions about what would make your money, your wealth, your favorite funniest, top, best personal finance podcast will be in the running for the hundred bucks. U.S. residents only, no purchase necessary. Survey and giveaway close and winner chosen at 4 p.m. Pacific time on August 31st, 2023. Today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 440, Christine isn't sure that Roth conversions are all they're cracked up to be. Eric needs a retirement spitball analysis for his Roth conversions, annuities, and the real estate in his self-directed IRA. Billy, the disgruntled attorney, wants to know if he can retire now. And Zach wonders, just how bad is it to rely on the lottery for retirement? But first, join Big Al's spitball retirement strategies for three military families. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joy Anderson CFP and Big Al Clopine CPA. Now, go to yourmoneywealth.com, click on that special, uh, not special offer. What are we doing? Click on Ask Joe and Big Al on air. Yeah, thank you. I think Cole did that, didn't he? (laughs) That's what he did. Hey, Joe, Big Al, and Andy. It's good to talk to you guys again. My name is Cole, and I am currently driving my 2020 Hyundai Sonata in white. I called into the show probably three or four years ago. I've still been listening here and there whenever I get the chance, and I just kind of want to give an update to my situation. My question that I had all those years ago was something about, I think, like investing into a brokerage and then like selling it if it's under $50,000 and if it would give me like 0% capital gains tax, if it was long-term capital gains, something along those lines. I had this whole plan. I've made over $50,000 a year, so I've never really been able to utilize it for my brokerage account, but I just kind of wanted to give a rundown on uh, some numbers and then ask a philosophical question. So I'm making approximately $72,000 a year right now. Uh, Although because I'm in the military, some of it is non-taxable allowances, BAH slash BAS. Currently in my TSP, I have $105,000 and about 76,000 of that is Roth. I also have an individual Roth account with $37,000 and a brokerage account with around 30,000. I think it's slightly less. Uh, In addition, I have cash reserves of around $30,000. Anyways, with all this being said, I'm 22 years old, turning 23 pretty soon. And I was just wondering, do you ever feel like maybe you wish you spent more rather than saving as much? I know that usually people don't have that sort of problem, but in my head, I'm like, wow, I kind of wonder if maybe I should be actually spending more money. Even though I do have a lot of experiences that I really enjoy. I went to Paris and Barcelona a couple months ago. Uh, I went to Puerto Rico actually last month. So I travel two or three times a year, but I'm just wondering from your personal experience, has there ever been a situation where somebody's been like, wow, you know what? I wish I did X, Y, and Z when I was younger. Anyways, thank you so much. I appreciate all of uh, your content over the years and I hope that you're doing well. Oh, now that I can drink, uh, I like Coors Light and Whiskey Sours. Awesome. Have a good one. Bye. Now that he can drink. Wow. Well, when he he messaged uh, us three or four years ago, he was only like 18. Yeah. So that's yeah. pretty good. That's cool. You can drink. All right. You're part of our group. Yeah. I think everyone says, I wish I would have done things differently. I, I don't think I, anyone I, says, you know, I live my life perfectly. A hundred percent agree. Uh, 
what what went into my mind with this question, Cole, is uh, we've got this little plaque in our in our um, family room that says "Enjoy the journey," because to me that's what life's all about. Of course, you've got a long term goal of retirement or whatever it may be. You're saving for that. Make sure you you've got you're on track with your savings goals. But boy, oh boy, yeah, enjoy the life. Do the things you want to do. Travel hobbies right take a little more time off whatever it may be you will never regret that so yeah yeah wholeheartedly uh go ahead it sounds like you're saving plenty you got a couple hundred thousand dollars in your what 22 that's amazing so i'm not worried about your your savings uh make sure you have fun though that's uh that's yeah that's that's what that's my thought yeah i mean a couple hundred grand at 22 years old is pretty impressive you look yep. at a lot of people in their 60s don't have a couple hundred thousand um, exactly right in fact for some people they aspire to two hundred thousand. and right 60. yeah yeah and it's a huge chunk of change so at 22 he's in the military depending on how long he stays in the military he could uh receive a military pension um right. you know and so that would be added savings for him as well um but you, you look at 200 if he never saves another dime that thing it'll it probably double every seven years or so right you no know? so when he's 30 and he's got 400 and he's 37, 38, right? He's got 800 at 40 some. He's got a couple million bucks just with compounding interest um, of, of those dollars doubling every, um, you know, seven to 10 years, depending on what rate of return that you use. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's what planning is all about too. You know, just figuring out what you want to do long-term. When do you want to retire? When do you want to be financially independent? When do you want to, you know, have work optional? Um but I think at the end of the day, you want to take care of your older self as well. When we meet with clients in their 60s and they have millions, they're not going back and saying, damn it, I wish I wouldn't have saved as much. They're pretty happy that they have millions. So I think the the strategy is looking at, hey, don't forget about your older self, but making sure that you're enjoying the journey, as, as Al said, as his plaque in his living room. <laughs> thanks. Uh, thanks, Cole. Uh, good job there. Hello, Joe. And now my name is Adam. I'm 27 and a bit of a nomad at the moment. A nomad. Not sure what a nomad is. That means uh, don't really have a home, just traveling around. Oh, gypsy. I like that. If it has booze, I will probably drink it. <laughs> when I'm not drinking or working, I drive a 2015 BMW 3 Series because a foreign car is what every 20 some year old should drive. Um, I'm learning from my poor purchase decision slowly. I balance my time between a job that takes me all over the world and the air oh, at the Air National Guard. And the Air National jo Guard. He's got two jobs. Oh, thank you. Uh, during this allows me to keep <clears throat> my costs extremely low and save a lot. My question is both employers give me a 401k. I'm wanting to max out contributions this year, but... Will both give me a match, and I'm unsure the best way to go about maxing out the contributions. I know that you guys say to avoid over-contributing, but we pay being variable at both places of employment and better spitballs to easier hit the max contributions besides a long, drawn-out math question and adjusting percentages as years go on. I don't know if that made any sense whatsoever, but... You kind of read it a little bit of a jumble, but... Yeah, I'll uh, I'll take a chance at it, Joe. I think uh, I think what Adam is asking is, I got a couple employers with four hundred one ks. 
And I think he's alluding to the fact that you can only give $22,500 in all 401ks. You can't do $22,500, which is the max, in one plan and then again in another plan. You're limited to that as a total. And so I think where he's going uh, is what's the best way to do it with two employers? And if that's the question, the best way to do it is to make sure you're getting full match at each employer. So it's not just you putting money in, but it's your employers as well. That way you'll maximize the money going into your overall accounts. And then monitor both because you want to try to get to that 22.5. If you go over, uh, what happens is you just have to record some of that as income on your return because you got a deduction and now you didn't weren't allowed it. So uh, I guess it's not the end of the world. But yeah, try to hit that 22,500. Try to get the most match you can from each company. How often is that caught? Uh, it's actually caught all the time. And I'll tell you why. Because the um, uh, the tax software out there catches it and adds it back to income. If you do it manually, <laughs> I guess, yeah. it, it wouldn't catch it. All right, cool. Scott from Alabama writes in. He goes, hey, Joe, Big Al. Been listening to for a couple of years. Really enjoy your podcast. Uh, you guys do a great job providing spitballs with humor. <laughs> Interspersed. <laughs> Interspersed with humor. Interspersed. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that was accurate, Joe. You've read it appropriately. <laughs> I, I'm rapidly approaching retirement at the age of 59 this December. Wanted to get your take on the soundness of my approach. Uh, we will be relocating after retirement to the OKC area. Wife is four years older at 63. Here's a quick rundown. All right. <clears throat> uh, projected retirement expenses, $135,000, inclusive of taxes. Uh, $60,000 is discretionary and planned for travel, hobbies, spoiling grandchildren, etc. Assets total $1.63 million, no debt. 930,000 in a retirement account, 50 grand in a Roth, 650,000 in equity in a paid off home that we plan to roll over to a new residence in Oklahoma. Pensions, $55,000 a year military pensions uh, with COLAs, $25,000 a year in another government pension, uh, COLAD after age 62. Social Security is 40,000. For me, spouse sixteen thousand at age sixty-seven, increasing to nineteen thousand when she converts to her spousal benefit at seventy-one. And she converts to her spousal benefit at seventy-one. Okay. I assume that means she's going to take oh, her own and then switch to spousal at seventy-one. I don't know why. Yeah, that sure. may not be she's quite older. technically right, but it's probably close. But that's what that's trying to refer to. Got it. All right. So it looks like I have about $80,000 of expenses covered by my pensions and would need to draw about $65,000 a year from our retirement accounts for three years until my wife turns 67 and Social Security kicks in. Then I would drop to $50,000 a year for the next four years when I turn 67 and begin drawing my Social Security. After that, it looks like we'll need to withdraw $7,000 per year. Just based on straight math, without factoring in inflation, uh, compounding, or COLAs, it looks like we'd be drawing down 400 or so uh, before Social Security starts. I've run the numbers through several calculators, and based on historic, historical and Monte Carlo projections, they say we got a 100% chance of not running out of money before I reach 90, and my wife is 94. 
I assumed a 3.5% rate inflation, 5% real rate of return on equities. Anything you'd be concerned about this approach? Since we'd be drawing down the traditional balances significantly before we hit RMD age, we're not really worried about the RMD impacting our taxes and aren't planning on any Roth conversions. Make sense? I'd appreciate any thoughts, concerns you may have to share and if I might be overlooking something. We drive a 2016 Lexus and 2022 Ram that pulls our Airstream all over the country. I enjoy a beef eater gin and tonic, and my wife likes her Pinot Grigio. Thanks for the spitball. Scott in Alabama. Not my real name. <laughs> okay. We'll call you Scott, though, anyway. Thanks, Scott. Scott's doing pretty good, Al. Yeah, I'd say, Scott, you're right on. I mean, right? Simple math. The only thing is the Social Security. I'm kind of a little jacked, but. Yeah, I mean, something's a little off there. But I mean, so here, here's the way we think about it. So you got about a million dollars of liquid assets, and you, you're starting out by drawing 65000 a year. So simple math, that's a 6.5% distribution rate, which if you listen to our show, that's a little high. Usually we like you to be four percent or less depending upon your age but here's the key that's 6.5 percent is only for a few years right then it goes down to fifty thousand. okay so that's a five percent distribution rate and then it goes down to seven thousand when social security fully kicks in now you're less than one percent distribution rate so i would say there's a highly there's a high likelihood of being successful I would never give anything 100%. There's no guarantees in life. But I would say you're in the high 90s of making this work. Is, is the way I look at it. The, the, the biggest thing that I see here is that he's right. In the first several years of retirement, he's got a large distribution rate. So what is his withdrawal strategy? Uh, sequence of return risk is probably his biggest risk because he's taking 6.5% out plus taxes. You know, Maybe it's closer to 7 I don't know. And then let's say the market falls 30%. How's he invested? Is it all equities? Is it all bonds? Is it you know a mixture of both? How is he pulling the income from the portfolio? Because basically he's going to be pulling everything from a traditional IRA. It's going to be fully taxed, right? He's going to have pensions. He's going to have social security in just his cost of living of 135,000, right? Given inflation might put him in the 25% tax bracket. So I wouldn't overlook conversions just yet. Um, I'm not sure if it, it, it makes a ton of sense, but if tax rates continue to go up and you don't have very little, if you have very little diversification and how you're pulling the money, you know, maybe it might make sense to at least contribute to Roth as you're still working um, and, and grow that overall pool of money. Um, but yeah, the, the the biggest risk that I see in his overall situation, he's loaded up on all ordinary income. He's got a military pension and government pension, Social Security in the TSP IRA. All of that is taxed at ordinary income rates. So the distribution rate is going to be too high in the beginning. So if the market blows up on him, uh, that could be. But but he's got good fixed income. I mean, if the, the if his retirement accounts go to zero, he, he's not going to be on the streets. Yeah, right. And the other thing that you do in this situation is some of that million dollars having very safe investments. So if the market goes down, those investments will hold their value. You just pull from those investments and let the market recover. That That's how people get around this one. All right. Very good. 
Thank you, Scott. I've posted some financial resources specifically for military families in the podcast show notes, so click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app to get there. To get your own retirement spitball analysis, click the Ask Joe and Al on air banner there in the podcast show notes. Tell the fellows the relevant details like your name, ages, and location, and the name can be whatever you like, but the ages and location should be real for a more accurate spitball. Also, when do you and your spouse, if you have one, want to retire? How much do you think you'll need to spend? annually in retirement? How much do you make and save now? How much do you already have saved and in what types of accounts? 401k, brokerage, Roth, etc. And then provide any other details that are relevant to your financial question. Then to help Joe better visualize your whole situation, tell us where or how you listen to YMYW, what you drink, because that's important to Joe, and anything else you want to share, because this show would not be a show without you. Again, just click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app to access all these resources right before the episode transcript. Hey, guys. Uh, So you might be surprised to hear me say this, but I'm not sure. I'm not so sure if Roth conversions are good as they sound. Oh, Oh, okay. Oh, we're going to have a little point, cross point debate. Yeah, a little debate. Yeah. like. Uh, I have an opportunity to convert $100,000 this year to the top of the 24% tax bracket. To do this, I would have to sell non-qualified retirement assets and pay a 15% capital gains on those to pay the tax I'd owe this year. So to net $24,000 for the tax on the conversion and have enough to pay the 15% capital gains tax, I actually have to sell $28,000. With $28,000 no longer growing for me, Do I really come out ahead? I need to factor in the loss of 20 years of growth for the $28,000, don't I? Here are the calculations I did. Looking 20 years down the road and assuming money doubles every 10 years for ease of calculations. All right. So she's saying, this is Christine from Seattle. Yeah, for calculations. So she's saying, all right, well, here, I have this money in a retirement account that's going to grow for me. And then I have this money outside of a retirement account that's going to grow for me. Right. So let's, I have let's to, compare. Right. Let's compare because I have this other money that's going to the IRS if I pay the tax. So I don't think this makes sense to do a Roth conversion. Right. So she's going to convert $100,000 and pay the tax bill up front uh, yields $288,000 that comes out tax-free. $100,000 minus $28,000 tax on conversion equals $72,000 times two is $144,000. Growth of 10 years is $28,000. You follow that math, Al? $288,000. Yeah, yeah. So 10 years, it becomes one forty-four. After 20 years, it becomes $288,000. Okay. Which I agree. That's, 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 a, that's a correct back-of-the-envelope assumption. All right. If I don't convert that $28,000 that she would have paid to taxes is going to keep working for me. And I have 512,000 that's taxed when I take it out. 100,000 plus 28 times two equals 256,000. And then 20 years of growth, 512,000. If my thinking isn't flawed, then it must be it seems I could pay a roughly 44% tax rate and still net the same as if I do conversions now. 
and I don't think my tax rate will be that high in retirement. At least I hope not. It's summer, so I'm drinking Mount Gay and Tonic with a lime. A lot of gin and ton- tonic drinkers. You know. Read yeah. on. Yeah. Al, I think you got to switch. Start being a gin and tonic guy. I, well, okay. I mean, I like rum, but maybe I'll give it a shot. All right. Um, that's a smooth golden Barbados rum, by the way, not oh. gin. Oh, oh. so you're talking my language now. Yeah. Well, God, I just talked too soon, didn't I? <laughs> that's Andy's why Andy always, said read on. Yeah, I know. It's not gin. Andy's always right. Don't knock it until you try it. Very smooth and refreshing. And Al. Might even like a little splash of pineapple. Oh, uh, Christine, I'm positive. I would like a splash of pineapple in that. I would vomit. (laughs) I look forward to hearing your spitball and probably make fun of my throwing all these numbers around and using terms like net and non-qualifying, like I know what I'm talking about. I'm talking to you, Joe. But I love you all anyway, and I appreciate you. Christine in Seattle. With a heart. Thank you, Christine. Yeah, thank you. God, I must have just like blown a lot of people up over the years. Apparently, that's what, what seems that. But Christine still loves you, and in fact, Christine, love the hearts, keep them coming. We like to we like to feel loved. Uh, all right, her math is flawed. It is flawed. Agreed. What do you see? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know what calculator she's using. Maybe it's an abacus. Um, <laughs> well, I I can tell you what she did wrong. So the, the, the hundred thousand, you don't add 28 to it. It just means you didn't pay 28,000. So let's start there. So the hundred thousand after 10 years multiplied by two is worth 200,000 times another 10 years times two becomes 400,000, not 512. But you take 400,000, I'm just going to use the same tax rate that she used 28%. Okay. 28% tax on 400,000 is 24, 24% she used. Is, yeah, well, she used 28 in her other calculation. Oh, because right she about. had to pay some yeah, capital gains correct. on the 24. Yeah, so same, same, right? So 112,000 is the tax, subtract it from 400,000. What do you know? You get that same exact figure, 288,000. And that's true every time you do this calculation. And for people that think they're falling behind because they got less assets, you've got the same spending purchasing power because you don't have to pay the tax now how this gets better by the way is maybe you put uh, your investments in your roth that have a higher expected rate of return right or maybe you convert in a lower tax bracket and so you end up paying taxes later there's lots of ways that this can work but that's that's what's wrong with this calculation it's actually same same so to say it another way Let's say, because I want to use her example in the sense of saying, all right, let's say I have $100,000 that's in a IRA and I have $25,000. I'm going to keep the math even simpler, just so doubling purposes. All right. I got $100,000 in a retirement account. I have $25,000 outside a retirement account. So when I look at my statement from whatever brokerage house, it's going to say I have $125,000. So Christine listens to this terrible show called Your Money, Your Well. And she converts the $100,000 into a Roth IRA. The IRS is going to say, you know what, Christine, you owe me $25,000 for that conversion because you're in the 25% tax bracket. Please send $25,000. So 
So Christine sends them $25,000. Now she looks at her statement and she only has $100,000 shown on the statement. So in most people's mind, they're like, yeah, why would I do a conversion? Because $125,000 is going to, to, to grow to a, a bigger dollar figure than 100000 And I agree with that 1,000% if you ignore taxes. Because now I have $100,000. Let's say I converted. It's in a Roth IRA. That $100,000 doubles over 10 years. And then it doubles again. So I have two hundred. dollars Now I have $400,000. Let's just say it doubles over 10 years. And 10 years from now, I have $200,000 in a Roth. That's all mine. I bought out my partnership from the IRS. I can take that money and do what I want with it. However, in the other example, I had $100,000 in 25 in 10 years. That doubles. So my retirement account grows to $200,000. And my brokerage account grows to $50,000. So I have $250,000. So at that point, if I pull the $200,000 out of the retirement account at 25%, what is that? That's 50 grand. It's the same, same. No matter how you want to look at this, how it becomes to your advantage to have different pools of money is A, you get the partnership and the middleman out of the game. So now all of that money is 100% yours tax-free. You take the, un, the, the, the likelihood of future tax rates off the table. Wherever tax rates change to, if they go down, if they go up, you bought the tax today and you take that off the table. I think more importantly, when you have a strategy that you can take money from different pools to control your taxes in retirement, this makes the biggest difference in the world. Also, there is no required minimum distributions in a Roth IRA. Also, as it continues to grow and compound, if you die prematurely and it goes to your spouse, it goes to your spouse tax-free. If you die, both spouses die prematurely, it goes to kids or grandkids or nieces or nephews, it goes to them tax-free. It is forever, forever tax-free. So we talked about this last week. Al, would you rather have $7 million in a Roth IRA? I'm going to cut you a check right now today or $10 million in a retirement account. What would you rather have? Yeah, I'll take the seven million any day because it, it's I've got complete flexibility on on pulling money out. See, that's the thing is if all your money is in an IRA and you want to pull extra out for a trip or for to buy a car and it throws you into a higher bracket, you're stuck. But if you got a Roth, you can pull whatever out of your IRA that you normally do and then get the rest from the Roth, stay in that same lower tax bracket. You just have so much more flexibility. Right. So you have to look at the purchasing power of the money, not necessarily what's on your statement. So hopefully that clears that up. Hi, Joe, Big Al, Andy. This is Eric from California. Uh, my wife and I found your podcast last year and I've been binge listeners ever since. Love, love, love your shows. Now, thank you, Eric. Um, I drive a 20-year-old Toyota. My wife drives a 10-year-old Mazda, drink of choice, water. I know, we are boring people. Yes, you are. We are not going to finish this email. <laughs> That's it? That's it. Get cut off? Uh, here's some background information. I'm 69 years old and plan to retire in the next year. Wife is 60, stay-at-home mom. Annual salary is 200000 Net rental income after all expenses, 30000 Equity on primary residence is $2 million. In a million dollars in the rentals, a million. My traditional IRA and 401ks, three million, two million in equity markets, 400 and several deferred income annuities, 
that will give us roughly $30,000 of joint lifetime income if we start taking them next year. $600,000 in another rental property held in self-directed IRAs, which generate $15,000 of annual net incomes that flows back into the IRA. Roth IRA of 10,000 in mutual funds, brokerage account 200, my wife's Social Security at 70 is 56. Wife's Social Security at FRA is 18, or my Social Security is 56. Wife's 18. Annual expenses, 120. I wish I had listened to your podcast and started Roth Conversions a little bit earlier. I know it's kind of too late, but never late is, but late is better than never. There we go. My questions are, number one, when and how much should I be converting each year on top of our living expenses? After I retire, my wife will still need health insurance before we qualify for Medicare. All right. Most of his, what does he got? Everything's in a retirement account. Sounds like $3 million, uh, $2 million yeah, or $3 million in 401ks. Yeah, that's the majority. Um, yeah, even his, rental pro- even his rental properties in an IRA. Looks yeah, like. self-directed. Um, I would also like to convert those traditional IRA annuities to Roth IRA annuities before initiating lifetime income so that all annuity incomes will come on tax-free. I understand that all IRAs are aggregated, but what do I do to avoid the five-year rule on earnings distribution in case that my first Roth contribution account on those annuities are held in different companies? Okay. What to do with my traditional self-directed IRA rental property? What is the best withdrawal strategy? Man, this guy's got a lot of questions. What is the best withdrawal strategy to fill the gaps? Uh, and we would also like to leave a legacy. Anything else, Eric, you want to this, just follow uh, up on this? This is like a whole show, Joe. This is like eight questions. This is a full retirement plan spitball analysis. <laughs> you would like, thank you very much. Yeah, where, do you want to, where do you want to start? Got to get my calculator. I got to get some software. <laughs> Gotta, gotta hire, get a drink. Oh yeah, gotta hire some staff just to help us run some numbers. <laughs> Al's gotta, uh, well, let me. I'll tell you what. I'll I'll take the first one on the fly. Okay. <laughs> okay. How much should I converting each year? Um, well, first of all, uh, it's never too late. So you, you didn't miss the party. It's you can still do it. Sixty nine years old. You're probably gonna live till ninety or a hundred. Got plenty of time. Um, so I'm just going to go on what you told us. You got an annual salary, 200000 I'm just going to go with that. Just make this super simple. So the top of the 24% bracket, which is a pretty low bracket based upon historical times, is like 365000 So based upon this one number, you could convert about $165,000 and stay in the 24% bracket, which would not be a bad idea. However, you have to have the money to be able to pay the tax. So you got to figure that out. But if you just look at the tax brackets you're in, 24% is not staying. The 24% bracket is going to be 28% in just a, just a couple, three years. So that would be a good idea if you could afford the, the tax to pay. But that's how you think about conversions is, is you look year by year and look at your tax bracket and you fill up whatever tax bracket makes sense based upon your retirement plan. Yep. Um. All right, so I would also like to convert those traditional IRA annuities to Roth IRA annuities. So I don't know how many annuities that he has, but he has $400,000 in several of them. So I don't know, you have room 
to stay in the 24% tax bracket, you could convert one annuity, two annuities, three annuities, whatever, right? You convert and you just pay the tax on the conversion. So some annuity companies might let you break the contract as long as you keep it with that same annuity company. Um, I don't know where your annuities are held. We don't sell annuities. Um, so it depends on what he wants to do. He wants a guaranteed lifetime income stream. So that's tax-free. Sounds good to me. So convert the annuities. Let's say you've got, I don't know, five of them, and they're 100000 75000 50000 whatever. You have room of at least 100 thousand in that 24% tax bracket. Just convert one each year. I don't know. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, check with your annuity company because they have different rules on how to do this. And I think most of them allow that, wouldn't you say, Joe? Yeah, I mean, they, they, sure. I mean, the IRA rules, but then you look at, okay, well, what, what, how did you fund the IRA? Well, he funded it with uh, a product that will give him a guaranteed lifetime income stream. Right. So instead of funding it with a mutual fund or with a stock or with a CD or whatever, it's just an investment. So if you want to convert the IRA, it doesn't necessarily matter what's in the IRA. You can convert it as long as you pay the taxes on the IRA, and then that investment holds true. And then when he turns the, the guaranteed income on, it's going to come out tax-free because now it's in a Roth versus in a retirement account. Right. I guess the uh, what, what to do with the traditional self-directed IRA rental property. So you know what? You may not know that you can have an IRA that invests in, in real estate. It doesn't have to be stocks and bonds or, you know, that sort of thing. It could be like a rental property, but you have to have a special kind of IRA. It's called self-directed. And there's certain companies that do this, you know, Schwab, Vanguard, uh, Fidelity. No, they, they don't do this. It's a separate company to hold property. So it looks like Eric has property in a self-directed IRA. You can do whatever you want. You could sell the property. In the IRA, you don't pay any current tax because it's in, in an IRA. Then you could roll that money to another IRA if, if you want to. You could keep the property in the IRA. That it's just personal choice. The, the tough thing about properties in a in an IRA is they're they require a lot of work. And a lot of times when people get older, they may not want to be the property manager and do all this stuff that you have to do. So you might want to sell it, but you don't have to. You can just keep it in there. You will have to take a required minimum distribution, right? And if that's your only IRA, which it's not, but if it were, were you have to take a required minimum distribution. And if there's no money in the rental property uh, self-directed IRA, then you're you're in trouble, right? You can't distribute property to count as a as a as a required minimum distribution. To me, without spending like a half an hour. There's a lot of reasons I don't like to have real estate inside of a, a, an IRA, but it, it can be done. And if you have it, which you do, it's personal choice. You do whatever you want. Yep. I agree. I mean, we could, <clears throat> yeah, not a huge fan of having um, real property inside a retirement account. The retirement accounts are awful from a tax transfer, um, especially if you have an illiquid asset. Um, as Al alluded to back in 08, remember that when people, I mean, some people absolutely love real estate and that's all they believe in and that's all they want. And they have these retirement accounts. So they just either load up on, you know, first and second trust deeds in real estate. And then in 08, 09, we saw, you know, disasters happen with 
you know, people lost so much in real estate. It was in their retirement account. You can't take losses in a retirement account, but if it was outside of a retirement account, you can, you have the better tax advantages if it's outside of your retirement account as well. But um, he's got it there. You can keep it. You can tell it, you can do whatever. Um, hopefully that helps Eric. Thanks for, uh, for listening to us in binge binging. It's, that's scary stuff. <laughs> do you, uh, do you ever, do you ever binge our show? Never. I've done no, it. No. Have you ever? I've only ever, heard one. Yeah, one episode. I've listened to one episode. Did you make it all the way through? No. <laughs> no. I, I, I just was like, who's this marble mouth guy? <laughs> He's kind of a jackass. I don't think I've made it through an episode either. No. So, all well, right. Because, you know, why for me, Joe, it's because I already did it and I don't have to relive it. That's right. right? That's right. Live the journey, buddy. See at a glance all of the numbers that affect your financial strategies as you live that journey. Get this year's tax brackets and capital gains tax rates, retirement plan contribution limits, tax on Social Security, Medicare premiums, and all the current credits, deductions, exemptions, distributions, and exclusions when you download the 2023 Key Financial Data Guide from the podcast show notes. It's the exact same guide that Joe and Big Al use when they're spitballing for you during the YMYW podcast. One listener recently said that basically this guide alone is worth the price of admission. In other words, it is priceless. To download the 2023 Key Financial Data Guide, to ask Joe and Big Al your money questions, and to share YMYW with your friends, just click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app. Go to the show notes. You'll see all of that right before the episode transcript. Uh, We got Billy from Joplin, Missouri. I love the podcast. I'm a disgruntled attorney that would like to quit. Um, I like Coors Lights. I like a nice fruity cocktail with some vodka and juice. I'm 57 years old. My wife is 60 years old. We have no debt and own our home. We have about $100,000 in stock index funds inside our Roth. We have $2.4 million in stock index funds and $250,000 in a bond index fund inside our traditional IRAs. We have two hundred grand in cash. I have a deferred income payment that will pay me $100,000 per year for 10 years, starting in 2025. I'll be near the maximum Social Security payment when I take it around 69 years old. I think our retirement budget will be 155000 Can I retire now? Um. All right. Scruntled attorney. I think all attorneys are somewhat disgruntled. Well, I, was, I don't think I know one that's not disgruntled, but maybe there's one or two out there. Yeah. It's a tough anyway, you know what? I think financial planner. <laughs> yes, well, that too. So, uh, so you want one hundred fifty-five thousand? You're getting a uh, hundred thousand a year for the next ten years. So that's probably a deferred comp program. Yep. So you need like fifty-five thousand for, you know, compared to two and a half million. That's like a two percent distribution rate check. That's just fine. But that hundred thousand goes away. So you're just going to have Social Security, whatever that is. So your distribution rate's going to go up. But so are your assets because you're only using about 2%. So that you should be growing your assets. You should be just fine, Billy. I'm, I'm going to spitball and say, yeah, I think you can retire. Yeah. The only issue that he has is that he doesn't get that deferred comp until 2025. So he's yeah, got to bridge the gap, right? You got to bridge the gap of $155,000. He's got 2.4. So you take a couple hundred from there. Let's just call it. He's got 2.4. Two, he's going to take a um, you know one or two percent um, on top of the deferred comp. Call it two million. Two million is going to grow to four. 
four yeah. times four is 160,000 plus his social security. He can even draw down more of that 2.4. Uh, Billy. I, yeah. I give it a go. I give it a yeah. green light. Charlie here. Me, me too. Two thumbs up. Yep. Quit your job. Stop being disgruntled. Have some fun. <laughs> Play some golf. Stop suing people. You got Zach from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. <clears throat> hey, Joe, Al, love the podcast. My wife says it drives her crazy when we go on long road trips in the car. Although she's starting to warm up to Big Al and always asks me why his wallet's so big. big <laughs> that, is a, that is a good question. <laughs> Giant wallet. Very successful individual right there. Uh, it's kind of like George Costanza's wallet but full of hundred dollar bills versus coupons. Yeah. I don't keep credit cards. I have just the good stuff. Just cash. <laughs> <laughs> I told her I have no idea. Anyway, my question today is sort of a goofy question, but how bad of an idea is relying on the lottery as an answer to retirement? I have family members who go across state lines just to play. And they say that they haven't hit big yet but believe that if they play long enough, they are due to win big. I want to show them how investing can be just as exciting for their future as playing the lottery. But how should I go about doing so? Should I show them analytics over the past 30 years of how the stock market has performed? Or should I create a PowerPoint presentation by taking today's dollars and illustrating what it could be in 20 years with a reasonable rate of return? I'd appreciate any wisdom either of you have on this matter. And also, Joe, you really have mellowed out over the past few months. Love to see it. What the hell's going on with this? <laughs> you, the softer side of you is coming out, maybe, now that you're married with with children. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm more stressed than I've ever had in my life. Maybe. Uh, my wife and I usually drink a little hanky-panky from time to time. Drinking some hanky panky. I think they missed a word. I think my wife and I usually drink beer and sometimes have a little hanky panky. I think uh, that's with them. There is actually a hanky panky. It is uh, gin, vermouth, uh, frenet bronca. So yeah, it it, it is a drink. Little hanky panky. Like orange twist. Little sex in the driveway or sex something? in the driveway. Yes, that was the other one. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Okay. All right, and we only drive one car. It's 2017. Smart or two pure. And I've got it up on screen for you. It's a little tiny car. Oh, wow. oh one of those little tiny ones. Okay. But it's actually called the 2017 Smart 42 Pure. Yeah. Never heard that name. Oh. I've seen those cars on the road, though. Keep up or actually, I, I should say I've seen them. I've seen them in the neighborhood. I don't think I've seen one on the freeway. Weren't one of those. Isn't that the whole um, same car that you could like jump in? You would park it anywhere and then you could jump in another one. Smart cars. Uh, oh, I think you're thinking about one of those businesses that where you yeah. can kind of drop off and pick up cars. Yeah, right. Yeah. They were all yeah. over downtown San Diego. And yeah, now yeah, I haven't right. seen one of those in years. Just <laughs> like think... with the whole scooter phase. Remember, like people, yeah. you'd, you'd rent a scooter and then you would just throw it anywhere. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah, it, same was kind of like, deal. it was just like litter everywhere. Well, apparently, Zach and his wife actually bought one. Yeah. I've never been I think... in I think you can still park it anywhere because it's so little you can fit. Then you just have to worry about somebody else trying to get into it and drive it away. But I haven't seen one. I don't, I don't know if that if that business is still in 
Yeah, I can't remember what they were called. Smart cars, right? <laughs> no, I'm talking about the business where you could actually pick up and drop off the vehicles. The car. I, thought it was, I thought it was called a smart car, but. That's well, the name of the car. That's an, well, yeah, this that's one is a Smart 4-2 Pure. This is so. Smart 4-2 Pure. So. All right, lottery. Um, well, Zach, I, I got nothing for you here. Tell them well, stuff. Here, here's what I have to say. You're never going to convince them that stock market is, is, is more exciting than a lottery. I mean, a lottery win, that's got to be like near the top of the list. But what you can show them, show them a couple charts and show them, you know what, if you start with this today and you add, this much per month, you're going to end up with this. You don't need a big, long PowerPoint on that. Just, just tell them and just say, you know what? It's not as exciting, but it's more of a sure thing. How about that? What, how much are we talking about here? I wonder. So these guys <laughs> well, are talking about it's for the entire retirement. Well, well they're going across <laughs> state lines. So they're buying in Alabama. They're going down to Florida. Yeah. You know, they're taking road trips to buy Powerballs. Um, right. I wonder how much money we're talking about here on a monthly or annual basis, because, yeah, who knows? you know, from there, then you could probably look at, all right, well, this is what you're spending on Powerball tickets and take that same amount and put a 7% rate of return on a monthly or annual basis and run that out over 20 years and say, you know, you probably have more certainty if you invested this and this is kind of what your end result's going to be versus, you know, I don't know, what are the odds of someone winning the lottery? It's like one in 100 million or something. Yeah, it's quite, quite low. I, I think so. I used to know the CEO that the, the, the so his strategy was to invest properly, right? A little bit at a time rate of return grows over time. But he still did the lottery every week because that was going to be the difference between a good retirement and a great retirement. That That was his thinking. The actual <laughs> odds, odds are one in two hundred and ninety two million or point zero 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 three percent it's probably probably more likely to be hit by lightning a hundred times before before you win the lottery yeah all right zach good luck with that um i could just see zach with his whole family they all got little hanky pankies out drinking them Well, as soon as he pulls out the PowerPoint, he's, he's going to lose power, it. He's got the PowerPoint presentation <laughs> ready to go. Oh, boy. All right. Well, good luck. Well, that's it for us. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Keep the questions coming. We'll uh, keep answering them. Uh, show's called your money or well. Joe's opening frog, his stalker, and hijack in the derails at the end of the episode, so stick around. Help new listeners find YMYW by sharing the show with your friends and colleagues and by leaving your honest reviews and ratings for Your Money, Your Wealth in Apple Podcasts and any other podcast app that accepts them. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 to schedule your free financial assessment in person at one of our seven offices around the country or online at a date and time convenient for you no matter where you are. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals at Pure will be able to identify strategies to help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Hey, you found us once again, folks. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. <coughs> wow. Joe Anderson here. I'm a certified financial planner with Big Elk Clopi. He's a CPA. 
<laughs> Off to a roaring start. Yeah. Wow. A little frog in my throat. Apparently. <laughs> I'm so excited to start this show. Um, I got a stalker. There's someone what? that. What? Yeah, there's someone that keeps looking in the studio here. Oh, got it. Okay. I somebody did see, wants, somebody I wants did to see, talk to you. I did see someone peeking in. I'm not right? sure who it was. It was like three or four important. times. Like, what? <laughs> scared me. <laughs> Alan, have you heard of the show Hijack? Uh, yes. Have you seen it? No. Are Why would I watch that? <laughs> that? That doesn't fit the mold of what I like to see. Well, I suppose Hugh, Hugh Grant's not in it, so. <laughs> That's right. Is Harrison Ford in it? No, no Hugh Grant. Forget, forget about it. Andy, no, how about you? You have nope. seen? No? Nothing? I haven't even heard of it, so no. You have Apple TV? No. no Apple TV. But Alan, you actually heard of it. I have. How did I'm impressed. How, how did I hear? I couldn't even tell you, Joe. But it's not on the I, Hallmark Channel. Why do you some, know it, Al? Somehow, well, sometimes things slip through <laughs> that I hear. Yeah, yeah. I started watching that uh, this week. It's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, I enjoy it. But um, I'm impressed that you that that, that <laughs> you you weren't expecting that, were you? No, I wasn't. I had a good job. <laughs> too, so I'll, I'll just move on. Right. <laughs> 